0: Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started.
1: In our last episode, we went over six things that we tell our clients in their 20s and 30s with our guest, Jesse Kramer. He did a great job breaking it down, making it simple, and making sure that it was encouraging and as entertaining as financial stuff can be, right? So today we're going to continue our series with six things I tell people in their 40s. And I fall into this category myself and am living it every day. And I think I can add some perspective as well as give some unsolicited advice on what i do for people in their 40s but today what i am most excited about is to have patrice back to help
2: us with this one and it's been a while (laughs) so patrice how are you i'm doing well and i'm honored that you're putting me into the 40s category that's, that's right. Great. Patrice is in her
1: forties. Yes, uh, I they am. can't see us, Patrice, but Patrice okay. is definitely in her forties, no doubt about it. And so it, well. <laughs> <laughs> to make this easier, because Patrice, as you know, I will go on and on and on. I made some bullet points and I wanted to follow along with our theme, which is really the six point process, and that's the name of our firm, and that's how it came to this name, was the six major points of financial planning. So I'll just dive into each one of them at a high level for people in their 40s. And I'll I'll run through that and probably talk too much. So feel free to cut me off at any time.
2: I will. I'll just move you along from point to point. There we go. You speak very well. So I look forward to this.
1: Oh, all right. (laughs) This is exciting stuff. So the first point that I would make for people in their 40s has to do with investment planning. And that's, again, the first point of our six-point financial planning process, investment planning. And I'm going to start off each one of these with a couple of questions with some answers and then give my quote, unsolicited advice, end quote. So for investment planning, what I would say to someone in their 40s is how aggressive are your investments? And the second question I would ask is, do you have the proper amount in emergency savings? Now, a quick step back, we could do a hundred things in each of these categories, Mm -hmm. but we're trying to make this brief. As far as the aggressive in your investments goes, think of your financial pie chart that you see everywhere. So the one with all the colors and you know what I'm talking about is all sorts of colors, sometimes with a percent sign in it or around it. And in terms of investments, this pie chart represents what type of funds or stocks or whatever it is that you're invested in. At this point in our lives, in our 40s, here's my unsolicited advice. In your retirement accounts, we typically want them to be in the aggressive category, more in stocks. Mm -hmm. This is not how much you are saving. I do get that people get confused, Patrice, with when I say aggressive. Sometimes people think what we mean is saving more money. This has nothing to do with the amount you're saving. This has to do with however much you're saving or is in your account. We want it to be invested aggressively, typically in the stock market.
2: Do you want some diversification, though?
1: Totally. Yep. And, And efficient diversification, which, again, I could get into this for too long, but we want to just generally be aggressive with diversification. Absolutely. And that can be handled very easily in any type of retirement account you're in. So let's be aggressive in our retirement accounts, which actually leads to the second question that I asked is, do you have the proper amount in emergency savings? And you should have enough money to cover an emergency, but do most people? No. We know the answer is typically not, right? And by the way, the emergency that we see in the 40s, and this is typical, and this is just from my years of experience, it could be a sudden job change, people leaving, the roof on the house, a a pandemic, by the way, whatever it is, (laughs) there could be an emergency. So if you have the proper amount in savings, you can handle that and weather those storms.
2: Well, what is the proper amount, though?
1: There you go. So my my unsolicited advice, (laughs) perfect timing, is... And it's a range, but I'd say six to 12 months of paying your bills. And I know everybody says that. And it really is different depending on the person you're meeting with. But the general unsolicited advice, six to 12 months of emergency savings to pay your bills. In addition, if you can save more than that in an emergency savings or in cash or something safe, do it. And any financial advisor that knows what they're doing will help you. You know how I said to be aggressive in the retirement accounts, right? Mm -hmm. In this... We want it to be the opposite. We want it to be extremely conservative. And what I mean by that is that pie chart should be more in very safe stuff, CDs, cash, bonds, not the stocks as much.
2: Things you can liquidate quickly.
1: And and liquid, no doubt about it. Liquid savings. So liquid six to 12 months. So here's my point one. And we're only on point one out of six. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep this rolling. <laughs> be, be aggressive in your retirement accounts and The reason for that is you have time to handle any loss on paper, right? If the market tanked one year ago, everybody was panicking and guess what? It's already back. If you had made a move or changed things out of aggressive into something else, you actually lost the money at that point. If you can be aggressive, you can handle the loss on paper. You have time. We're in our forties. Number one, number two, have an emergency fund that covers your basic expenses and more if possible for at least six to 12 months. And that is invested very conservatively.
2: All right. Point two, retirement income planning.
1: Yeah. So this one I can go through generally quickly, and it's the same two questions I always ask. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I ask these questions every time, and it's how much do you need and where's it going to come from? I've said that a thousand times and I'm going to say it 10,000 more times. But in our forties, I would change that question to how much do you think you need? Because so much can change before we retire. But it's really hard to see what a retirement might even look like. If you're 42 years old and you think you might need something when you're 65, well, we all know how much can change in, in the meantime. And by the way, other people that we work with are in their 40s and they're already retired. So again, this don't is go it, there, okay. it's Just different don't for everybody. There. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Okay. I'll stick with the majority here.
2: We'll talk about <laughs> the folks
1: who are on a path, on the typical path, I'll say, to retire 20 plus years from now. And what we want to do and my advice is to just get a baseline of how much you think you might need each month once you retire. And as time goes on, you dial that in. We're not going to know right away, but and it could be a very large range. And then again, we'll eventually target a more specific number. And what I mean by that is, for example, let's say you're 45 years old and we think you need $8,000 per month to live on when you are 60. We're, we're kind of guessing mm-hmm. things will be paid down and, this happens all the time. Fast forward 10 years. Now you're 55. You've paid off some debts. The kids might be out of the house. Although I will say that <laughs> <laughs> I've run into this. It doesn't always mean that's less expensive when they're out of the house. <laughs> so true. people are always helping their kids later on. And But other things have lined up for you. So now instead of that $8,000 we thought we needed, maybe now we only need 5,000 per month. Well, that that's great. I would consider that a bonus if we plan properly. And what I would say is what if it happened the other way? What if you plan for 8,000 and now you need 20? Typically, when you're doing financial planning, the advisor and you should not really allow that to happen. And again, I could get into this in other podcasts, but in either case, my point of this is financial planning in general is dynamic. It can change. We have to make adjustments and we move forward with what we know at that moment. So as things change, the financial plan changes. I'm going to skip to where will it come from. And I want to ask the question of, how much do you need to be saving? Because that's what I would ask if I were not in the financial planning business. Well, in my how much should I actually save per paycheck into a retirement account? And again, the answer is it depends. But for most people, they should be saving 15 to 20% of their paycheck into a 401k, 403b, IRA, HSA, Roth accounts, whatever other investments that we can line up.
2: That's a heck of a chunk of money though.
1: Yeah, so I'll tell you, I've worked with, I'm glad you said that, hundreds of people that have gone into retirement And the people that are most successful, and well, just as importantly, basically financially stress-free, which may be more important than anything else, are the people that buckle down early in their careers they could. And this advice was also in the 20s and 30s, by the way. But if we haven't done that yet, we'll chip away at it to get in the 40s. And they start to get to that 15 to 20%. It is a big chunk. In addition to that, by the way, many people have a pension or defined benefit plan. So that could change how much you should be saving. But if, if you have a pension and you can save that number in your 40s, you'll most likely be in very, very good shape for retirement. And going with what you said, Patrice, does everybody do the 15 to 20%? Not a chance. I know that people have lives to live. There's other things going on. But what we do is systematically help those people slowly increase their number. And I won't give you a full story, but maybe we meet someone who is 40 years old and they're saving 5% of their paycheck, which is very realistic. By the time they are 50, we may have, have them contributing the maximum to the retirement accounts allowed by the IRS and saving extra into other investments. And I, I hear this all the time. Dave, I didn't even notice it or realize I was doing this because they've gone from 5% to 7 to 10, mm-hmm. to 11, 12. As they slowly get raises, we just add more and more and people... Don't realize that that's even missing from their paycheck. Right, right. That is how people accumulate money quickly. And if you could do that in your 40s, it's always the sooner the better. But let's you get it rolling in your 40s, you you should be in good shape. So, my advice on this one, retirement planning: develop a baseline monthly dollar amount that you think you need for retirement. That's going to change. Save 15 to 20 percent of your paycheck, or slowly work toward that, Mm -hmm. and you won't regret it. All right, risk management. Risk management, point number three. So again, the question is, do you have the proper amounts of insurance? So this applies to all types of insurance, life insurance, disability, long-term care, homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, umbrella policy, all these other things. People oftentimes will take out a life insurance policy just when they're younger for some reason and then never really reevaluate it to make sure it's actually the proper amount. And we've run into people that have had way too much And they can save some money or they've had way too little. But I can tell you, in your 40s, we know this stuff happens. This should be taken care of as soon as possible. And honestly, I've seen it play out too many times where something happens, unfortunately, sometimes tragically, Mm -hmm. and the insurance was not taken care of. And it's such a simple thing to do. Nobody wants to do it, by the way. I totally understand that. But once you take that first step and just contact somebody, which I'll get into later, it's really easy to do. And again, I've seen people spend too much money on insurance that they didn't need that they could be using for other things. So it is a balance with these insurances that should be evaluated carefully. And that goes on to the homeowners and auto insurance. I can pretty much guarantee that most listeners have not gone through the details of their homeowners policy or auto policy or looked into an umbrella policy. If they have, if you have, and you're listening, good for you that is not normal. And what do each of those lines mean on there? What is the different casualty insurances mm-hmm. and the different things that in liability insurances that are on your home? What does that mean? Could you increase it? Do you need to decrease it? Do you have more to lose than we did before? So all these things can be changed and we systematically would want to meet with our insurance person. So whoever that is, your advisor could line it up to just send them an email once a year, which we do to reevaluate your insurances and make sure they're in line. But again, who wants to have something happen to them and not, not be ready. have the right amount of insurance? Yeah, yeah, it's this is one of those things, you don't need it until you need it, right? And then it's too, too late. late. So my advice here is look at your life insurance policy, especially if you have a family, now we're in our 40s, look into it, look into all of your types of insurance that you have and make sure it's just done properly. And it can save you and your loved ones a lot of time. By the way, it's not just money. It's a lot of time if something happens to any of you and money. And I I think it's time to do that. And I know nobody wants to do it, but it's a very important thing just to take care of. And once it's done, it's just a weight off of your shoulders and it's done. And hopefully if you do it right, you don't have to do it again.
2: Except each year, just review it.
1: Yeah. And then you review with your advisor when the time comes. Mm -hmm. Yep. All
2: right. Tax planning.
1: (laughs) Point number four, tax, more exciting stuff, right? So tax planning. Are your investments correctly invested for taxes now and in the future? So most people don't even know where to begin on how to answer that, but I'll help you with that in a second. Are you taking advantage of all of the tax breaks that you can? And then if somebody just says yes, or most people will say, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I All you have to do is follow up that question, Patrice, with it. Are you sure? And if you look at somebody like that, they're, it's automatic self-doubt, right? It's like when you start a road trip and your wife 15 minutes into it says, did we leave the stove on? Well, you, you got to turn around. So... <laughs> One of those confidence. <laughs> are you sure that you've t- you're taking advantage of all of your tax breaks? Are you sure? And what is your plan should the tax rates rise in the future? And right now, as we record this, we're in big talks about inflation. We've right. done a lot of stimulus with the government and government spending. Tax rates the, is the, raising taxes is the easiest way for the government to help pay those debts back. And most advisors in our community think that tax rates are going to go up again for a different episode, but many times what we see and how this relates to this tax planning point number four, we see people with significant savings in pre-tax accounts, 401ks, mm-hmm. IRAs, 403bs, mm-hmm. deferred comp and more. That's awesome. That's a great thing, but I will tell you what I hear from people that are now on the other side of it because I work with a lot of them. I wish I had a Roth when I was younger, or I really should have put some after-tax money into my accounts as well. So when I talk about diversifying tax-wise, this is what I'm talking about. Save what we need to into our pre-tax accounts today, but also make sure that we hedge our bets against future tax rates by saving some after-tax dollars. And what we find with these people is that if you have a very large 401k ba- balance, for example, and you want money from your pre-tax account, you have to take extra to pay for taxes. Right. Right. For example, this happens on a weekly basis with us. We'll get a call from a client and it will sound just like this. And I'll say, hey, this is Sue and Dave. Can you send us $10,000? And my first question is always, and any of us would ask this, do you want that net or gross? Mm -hmm. And most of the time when somebody says, you know this, Patrice, when they say they want want Mm $10,000 in their bank account, they didn't think of the tax. So they need $10,000 in their bank account. Based on their tax bracket in this case, they may have to take out $13,000 Thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars to net ten, right? And I'll move on after this. But what if Sue and Dave's tax bracket goes up by ten or twenty percent by no fault of their own? The government just raises tax brackets; they can't help it. They already have a bunch of their money in pre-tax investments, their big four hundred one k or IRA that they have. They're stuck. You, you just took a huge yeah. hit, as if the market just went down by ten or twenty percent. You didn't even know it. So we want to diversify. So my advice here is, and we plan for this in our 40s and younger, diversify our tax savings into different buckets. And again, any advisor can help with this. Some pre-tax, some after-tax. Do it efficiently based on your current tax situation. And you systematically save and invest it properly, which we kind of talked about before. And if this is all done, there should be a nice nest egg for you when you get to retirement and beyond that is diversified tax-wise. Last on this point, find a good CPA, Please, I've had so many people that will say, "Well, Dave, they're expensive, or they're, it's five hundred dollars for them to do my taxes. It only cost me eighty dollars." I've had so many situations where, yeah, they might have charged you three hundred fifty dollars or five hundred dollars, but they've saved you tens of thousands by putting mm-hmm. you on the right path tax wise. So that to me is worth it. So again, it's unsolicited advice, so I can say whatever I want. Right? So <laughs> right. go get a CPA <laughs> <laughs> right. that knows what they're doing.
2: All right, now estate planning.
1: Okay, so this will be our. Fastest point, Patrice, I promise. And I'm gonna ask these with the same tone that I asked the last one. Do you have your will done? And you don't have to answer these. If you're listening, you know you know if I'm talking to you or not. Have you done a healthcare proxy? Have you done the right powers of attorney? Have you ensured that your beneficiaries, this is the one that gets a lot of people, are in line with all of your accounts? So are they the same as your will and trust and healthcare proxies, power of attorneys, as they are on all of your investment accounts? And let me
2: ask it, you, why is that important, Dave?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I won't belabor this too much, Patrice, because if you hear these questions, those questions I just asked and the answers mm-hmm. no to any of them, you need to get an attorney to help you do it as soon as possible. In episode 14, we had an a estate planning attorney come on and he answered those in detail. But the very quick answer to your question is, if you put things in your will, let's say you go get your will done today and... You have a favorite son and you don't like the other son as much (laughs) that day. But then a year from now, maybe it's changed and now you love them equally again. The will is overridden by the accounts. So if you have an investment account where it's 50-50, but you don't want that to happen because you're mad at one son right now, for example, the will... Doesn't matter. It goes by the account. So you need to make sure that the beneficiaries, the the way that you want them and the will are the same as on the
2: accounts. So basically the beneficiary trumps the will.
1: Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Again, we get deep into that in episode 14 where he, Jerry, the attorney goes into it for about 30 minutes and it's not too boring either. It's estate planning, but it's one of those things. Again, just get this stuff done, do it right. You don't have to think about it Again. He recommends we review it every five years or as life events happen. That so, depends
2: on whether you're liking your son more and more. So maybe every six right. months you should look <laughs> at every it.
1: Every chip and away at a few percent a month, you can earn it back. <laughs> if you have not done this, here's my advice. This is real unsolicited advice. Send an email. I don't know if this is motivating in any way. This is hanging over a lot of people's heads, Patrice. Mm-hmm. I meet with people all the time. You, If you're listening, you know this. That's on my to-do list. I keep meaning to do it. I just never want to. Or I never get to it. It's just one of those things. I, believe me, I get it.
2: But the weight it takes off your shoulders when it's done. It, mm-hmm. It's incredible.
1: It is. And until you do it, its you don't know that. But that's right. here's the first step. Send an email right now to an estate planning attorney's office. That's the first step. Once you send that email, they will actually do everything else for you. You don't have to think. They'll set the appointment. The assistant will reach out. They'll send you the forms. They'll start asking you. The first step is the hardest, just like with Mm -hmm. anything, right? It's do that first step, send an email right now, call somebody right now, get it started. And once you take that small step, it will happen. Don't put it off anymore. It's too important. I've seen what it looks like, unfortunately, again, recently when this is not done. And that's why I keep bringing this up. And we keep hearing about celebrities. You you think people are all set. Oh, this celebrity passed away and didn't have this stuff in place. And you're thinking like, how is that even possible? They have so much money. How's it possible? I'm telling you this happens at every level. Whether someone has $200 or $200 million, this stuff is almost, I don't want to say rarely in line, but it's more rare than you think that this is all taken care of. So if you have done all of these things, first of all, good for you, but make sure that you're reviewing it as things change, as you like one son more than the other again, (laughs) and, and every five years. That is my advice on the estate planning. Just get it done.
2: All right. And that was episode 14, you said? Yep. Okay. Yep. Sounds like a good one to listen to. Not that yeah. they're all good. I mean, they are all good to listen to, but 14 especially. 14 is yeah. our favorite son right now. There you go. That's right. <laughs> all right. Now wrap this up for me. You got it. So point number
1: six is a little deviation from our normal six-point planning process. And the six points, it would be like custom planning for real estate or other things. Point six today, unsolicited advice. This sounds self-serving. This is absolutely not. Is hire a good financial advisor if you have not. So you're in your 40s. You are at the point where you have something to lose. And I'll just pick on myself. The 23-year-old version of me, I had really very little to lose as far as finances go. (laughs) But, and it probably goes for a lot of our listeners, now in my 40s and in your 40s, you do have something on the line. You've saved, you, you might have insurances, you might have a family. There's stuff you have to take care of. An advisor can help with that. So if you're listening to this, again, you probably have something to lose and you also have a lot of good things going on that you can plan for. So you can set yourself up now to be Financially stress free in the future. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say hire an advisor is simple. They can walk you through this. And by the way, not all at once. If somebody tries to do this all in one meeting, you'll be there for three days. I would never do that to any of our clients. (laughs) It's too much, but they should take step by step what a priority is for that individual client. And the biggest part is hold you accountable. That's how many (laughs) times. Yes how many times do you want to meet with me or any advisor? And every time you come in and I keep saying, did you get your will done yet? It's just <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's some. by the way, some advisors in our business will call themselves um, financial coaches. And it's literally because they, we, we prepare a game plan, hold you accountable and then help you execute the game plan. And th- these points are all part of it. So let me say this as I finish up here, because we've talked about this before. When I say hire an advisor, I have to say this choose a good one and choose the right one. Not all advisors are the same. I just saw a study where it said the general public thinks 63% of financial advisors are exactly the same. That's not Mm -hmm. even close. And by the way, every advisor is different because they have different personalities. So find an advisor that is doing the right stuff for the right people and they're a good personality fit with you. And not all advisors have experience and are giving the right advice. So some are just trying to sell you something and I'm trying to help you avoid that. So I have a list, by the way, of 10 questions to ask an advisor before you hire them. If you would like to check that out, just shoot us an email. I'll send you a copy or we can put it in the show notes. 10 questions, if they can make it through that, great. I also have videos on our website about those 10 questions in a little more detail that I won't get into right now. But if you ask those 10 questions to any advisor, that should give you a good feeling on whether they're a good advisor or not. And. I'm serious when I say this. If you're if you're considering working with an advisor, reach out to me. I can tell you in about 2 minutes if they are one of the good ones or not.
2: All right, well how can and, people reach you?
1: Yeah, first my advice here is hire the right financial advisor. Mm-hmm. That's it. Number 6, hire the right <laughs> financial advisor. How people can reach us is just my email is at dpulsenia com. I'm on LinkedIn. Our website is 6.fp.com. There are a ton of materials on there. So You want to do a quick recap, Patrice, and then let the people on their way here? Go for it. Go for (laughs) it. Okay. All right. Here we go. So quick recap of the six points, because it seems like it was so long ago. Six points or six pieces of advice I give my people in their 40s, or I would tell people to do in their 40s. Be aggressive. Point number one, be aggressive in your retirement accounts. You have time to handle any loss on paper. Build an emergency fund that covers your basic expenses and more, and invest that very conservatively. Point two. Develop a baseline monthly dollar amount that you think you need for retirement. Remember, this will change. Save 15 to 20, 20% of your paycheck or slowly work your way to num- that number, and you won't regret doing it. Point three, look at your insurance policies, and your life insurance, especially if you have a family. Look into other types of insurance that you have and make sure it is all done properly. This, again, could save you and your loved ones a lot of time and money. Number four, diversify your savings tax-wise and find a good CPA. Number five, get your will, healthcare proxy, trust, powers of attorney done. If you have not done this, send an email right now to an estate planning attorney's office or give them a call. If you have done this, just make sure that you're reviewing it with your attorney every five years or anytime there's a big change. And number six, hire the right financial advisor. And I'll stop talking now, Patrice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And everybody who's listening, make sure you subscribe to David's podcast, Dear Rochester, Retire Well, get all the other episodes in this series, and uh, get alerts when new ones are available, too. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester, Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.
3: Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security, or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG advisory, or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by Registered Representatives of Private Client Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.